Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is the 20th of September, the 263rd day of 2021, with 100 days remaining until 2022. Today at sunset, we have September's full moon, known variously as the corn moon, the barley moon, the leaves turning, and the leaves falling moon. And because it is nearest the 2021 autumnal equinox, occurring on Wednesday, this full moon is also the harvest moon, shining near the bright stars of two constellations, Aquarius and Pisces. Two years ago today, students from 185 countries staged the world's largest ever protest about climate change, with the epitomal rally led by Greta Thunberg and culminating in Manhattan. Sometimes the resistance of my fellow human beings to any ideas seeking to displace ICEs, otherwise known as internal combustion engines, has me thinking our plight as a species on this planet is hopeless. As fully a quarter to a third of the CO2 entering and warming our Earth's atmosphere emanates from the burning of fossil fuels to energize internal combustion engines of some sort, from leaf blowers to commercial airliners. But then I alight upon a glimmer of hope, such as the one appearing in the pilot briefing section of the publication of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, AOPA Pilot, recently. Longtime editor-at-large Thomas Horn, writing about electric aviation attracting enough money to move private companies into the public stock options realm. He says, at last count, there were 90-odd companies involved in designing electrically-powered alternative aircraft, though only a handful have any manufacturing experience. Despite that last caveat, some of us in the face of fossil-burning inertia are quite consoled that so many outfits are at least giving electric propulsion a go. Another general beacon of hope this past week and the fortnight before is that my UMaine students are all on board about masking up in classes and otherwise staying up to speed about the latest protocols and the reasoning behind them. So far in the first three weeks of the semester, one of my students tested positive this past Thursday, but she had missed a couple of class meetings before that. So the administration overseeing the quarantining said the rest of us should continue testing, but were cleared to meet until further notice. Elsewhere on the current pandemic scene, rates of COVID infection continue to rise in the United States and beyond our borders in the world. Since the first reported cases on January 21st, 2020, we here in the good old United States, of course, lead the way, having now logged nearly 42 million confirmed cases. India continues to close in on that figure, now having 34 million cases. In third place, Brazil is at 21 million cases. Fourth, fifth, and sixth places go to the UK with 7.4 million cases, Russia with 7.2 million cases, and France with 7.1 million cases, respectively. Total world confirmed cases are at 227 million and counting. Worldwide deaths due to COVID are at 4.7 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are at 670,000, up again at least 13,000 since last week. Not a large number for some folks, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. Worldwide, 6 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. 
Today in 1934 in Rome, Italy, in a charity ward, Sofia Celloni was born as the illegitimate daughter of Romilda Villani and Riccardo Celloni, a handsome engineer. They also had a second child, Maria. After Riccardo abandoned his family to marry another woman, Romilda took her children to live with her in Naples, where her mother helped care for them. Sofia and Maria were raised in near poverty, with the streets as their playground. Sofia acquired the name Cecetto, Italian for toothpick, owing to her thin figure, the result of a poor diet. Movies became a natural escape, where Sofia says, I would go the first thing in the morning and stay through the last showing at night. There was always something magic to me about the movies. I couldn't get over the way it was. On the walls, persons suddenly started to live. For every little girl in every little Italian town, the movies were our only pleasure. They gave us dreams about a life we didn't have. Those pleasant dreams were a comfort to the youngster attempting to survive, despite terrible suffering during the nightmare years of World War II. Sophia's mother had had once won a Greta Garbo lookalike con- contest and shared Sophia's love of the movies. Not long after, Romilda allowed Sophia, at age 14, to enter a Queen of the Sea of Naples beauty contest, with Sophia coming in second, winning enough money for, for she and her mother to go to Rome, where they secured themselves work as extras in the 1951 film Quo Vadis. In 1950, Sophia entered a Miss Rome contest, again not winning, but meeting one of the judges, film producer Carlo Ponti, who arranged a film test for her, which went terribly, since her hair was too short and she was still too thin. Ponti told her to forget acting because she didn't photograph well. But Sophia didn't give up, first trying modeling, which led to small movie roles and eventually to a lead in an opera film with someone else doing the singing. Seeing her in this setting, Ponti's opinion changed. First he asked her to sign the film contract, and then he asked her to marry him. She agreed to both. They were wed in Mexico in 1957. She took on the stage name Sofia Loren and became a star. Today is also the birthday of 1878 of American writer Upton Sinclair, in 1885, of American ragtime pianist Jelly Roll Morton. In 1917, of Galician actor Fernando Rey. And in 1956, of American actor Gary Cole. And in 1977, on this day, my son Gabriel was born. Happy birthday, Gabe. For more on Omain, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's the autumnal equinox day after tomorrow and the first official week of autumn.